I didn't grow up going to church. Um, I think I went a few times with my mom, but she never forced me to go with her. And so I knew about Jesus. I knew about God, um, but didn't have a relationship with him. So after I graduated high school, that was a really hard transition into college. I was really alone. I was super shy, didn't know how to make friends. So I actually found this app. I tried looking at it the other day and I couldn't find it. Um, but it is a prayer app and it's like a, it was like a social media platform where you could post prayer requests and then you could look at prayer requests around the world. And it's not just for Christians, it was all different types of religions and it was really, really cool. And that was my first time experiencing community was on this app. Welcome to the Social Media Church Podcast. I'm Neil Smith, joined by my friend, Angie White. Angie, welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm so excited. I was just listening to this podcast, just like getting excited for it. And I was like, this is going to be so much fun. So thank you. I for love it. I love it. It's so good to have you on. Uh, and Angie, and I met years back when you were in New York City. Uh, and it has been fun to follow your journey through the years uh, and all that you have done uh, and are doing. Uh, and so for those that aren't familiar with you, can you share a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah, definitely. So um, I'm a social media manager um, currently at the Rock Church in San Diego, specifically for our senior pastor, Miles McPherson. Um, and that's what I'm currently doing social media. I'm also helping out with our video team a little bit and just some like marketing projects as well. But social media is my main focus there. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. And so how did you get into social media marketing? What was what was that pathway uh, to, to doing this? Yeah, so this is actually it's a part of my testimony. So I didn't grow up going to church. Um, I think I went a few times with my mom, but she never forced me to go with her. And so I knew about Jesus. I knew about God, um, but didn't have a relationship with him. So after I graduated high school, that was a really hard transition into college. I was really alone. I was super shy, didn't know how to make friends, um, and I was ready for something different in my life than what I was doing, which was like the party scene and everything. Um, so I actually found this app. I tried looking at it the other day and I couldn't find it, um, but it is a prayer app and it's like a, it was like a social media platform where you could post prayer requests and then you could look at prayer requests around the world. Mm -hmm. And it's not just for Christians, it was all different types of religions and it was really, really cool. And that was my first time experiencing community was on this app. Um, and so it was awesome and it had me going back. And then I went on Twitter and went and followed some Christian accounts and it just was feeding me little by little. And it got me to this place where I'm like, I want more of this. I want this in person. I think I'm ready. And so that's when I started going to the church that I'm currently at now. Um, and I went to our college ministry and we didn't have a social media account. So I asked our college pastor, can we start an Instagram account? He was like, yeah, go for it. And I was I like, oh, like me? And so I started volunteering, running our college ministry account and young adults account for, I think, three years while going to college. And then through that, I got offered a job at my church doing social media for the church, which I thought was crazy and was not on my radar, not anything I was planning for like my education and career path. Um, but it's it's worked out. It's been amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. I, th I think I think there's two lessons here that that I think are beneficial for, for our listeners. One is 
you know what? Just empower somebody when it comes to social media. So if you're in a place where you're like, you know, I don't know who's going to do social media. Somebody's like, we should have social media. Just say, okay, then great. Uh, you're in charge. Uh, and it's, it's can be messy sometimes. Uh, but, but I do think empowering others also gives them, uh, the opportunity and those that want to get into this, uh, cause some people are like, how do I get into social media marketing? We'll just start doing it. Uh, don't wait till you have the keys. You've got your own social media platforms or create a social media platform, uh, and start doing it. Uh, you don't have to wait for somebody to, uh, always empower you. It doesn't mean you need to just go create an account for your church without permission, but uh, it does mean you could start doing it, whether it's on your personal account or you just even create uh, some kind of like local brand or, or something. Um, and so I think uh, I love how you took that initiative and just jumped right in it. Uh, and you've seen, you know, I think such unique success. Uh, Angie, you, you did prior to your current role, uh, you were doing social media at Saddleback Church. Can you talk about what you did there and maybe even some of the differences between the two? Yeah, gosh, such a blessing. So I was at Saddleback Church. I came on during COVID. So end of 2020, um, started as social media manager. Um, I think it was originally going to be like a digital marketing role. But yeah. um, when I talked with my then manager, he was like, man, I feel like your giftings are more here. And so they actually pivoted the role a bit, um, which was really awesome. And so I managed social media for the church's global account. So okay. the Saddleback Church handles. Um, so I was Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, LinkedIn. We started a TikTok while I was there. Um, so that was huge and it was really intimidating, <laughs> really, really intimidating. Um, but the only reason why I stepped up to it is because there were just so many encouraging voices being like, we believe you, you can do this. You're here for a reason. And I was like, okay, I guess I got this. And um, yeah, it was, I mean, when you work for a church with that big of a platform, especially under Pastor Rick Warren, yeah. you can feel it. When I logged into those accounts, I could feel the weight of yeah. that form um, and the the respect that came with it and the responsibility. Yes. So for myself, everything was so prayerful. Every post, every caption, every message, because someone could take it, screenshot it and be like, Rick Warren's church is saying this. And so you, you take on the voice of the church and for your senior pastor. And so um, that was a huge honor, but I also wanted to make sure that we had set up really strong processes in place. So when we posted something, it was reflective of the church, of our pastor, um, and just as a congregation. And so that was something that was new. Like it took a bit longer to post like a funny meme or something yes. or um, a certain teach clip. Like it, it took a little bit longer to get those things up. Um, for good reason. And so that was that was different because I'm I'm an activator. I'm very much like, yeah. tell me what to do. I'll go, go. And so I had to get used to that process, but also understand how important it was. That wasn't just protecting the church and pastor, but me as well um, in our congregation. And so that was new, something I had to learn. And then on top of that, um, at the time when I was there, we had 14 campuses um, in California for international. So I was also responsible for supporting those campus social media channels. Um, and they all had Instagram and Facebook. And so that was huge because the church I was at before that only had five campuses, yeah. which is still a lot. Yes. So that was a big transition is working with all those volunteers. And a lot of those campus accounts were ran by the campus pastor or the campus admin. And so learning how to work with their schedule, help them not feel overwhelmed as well. So that was a big challenge for me that I had to learn 
um, is supporting all of those campuses. Um, and then you're also representing a church that's international as well. So we wanted to make sure that we were representing all cultures, all types of people that were within our church. And so that was that was really fun. But those are the big ones that come to mind as far as differences go. Yeah, that's awesome. That's awesome. It's a it's a lot of uh, learning uh, in in that process, and, and obviously unique um, that that experience. As you shift now from basically a corporate brand uh, to a personal brand uh, with with Pastor Miles, and, the, and maybe even those aren't language. Uh, it's not a language we use in the church, and not as a personal brand. But uh, what strategically? How do you shift your strategy, and what are you seeing as the, as the biggest differences between? church accounts and the pastor's personal accounts as, as you're managing those? Yeah, that's a great question. So I personally really love managing personal accounts because yeah. there is a bit more freedom. And then especially because you work directly most of the time with the person that you're managing the account for. Um, and so you really get to how I saw it was I'm an extension of my pastor on social media. Yes. He would send this message or he would post this. He would comment back. But he's, you know, out here at the speaking event or with his family. And so um, it's really cool because I see it as being an extension of who our pastor is. Um, and that's a huge blessing. So seeing it through that lens versus with the church, there's a lot of um, how are we getting people connected to this church? How are we letting them know what's going on? Um, what are some serving opportunities? We're sharing testimonies. Like it's a really broad story that you're telling. Yeah. Whereas with the personal account, it's a really specific story. It's a specific voice, a person. Yeah. Um, and I feel like you can get really personal as well as far as community engagement goes. Um, and then just also hearing and, and reading the testimonies that people share, like this clip really impacted my life and being able to forward that to him directly um, is really awesome. And so but as far as strategy goes, um, I feel like it does vary personal accounts, personal account. But for Pastor Miles, there's a ton of freedom. So, you know, we'll be at an event, I'll be recording like a fun video and I just can go ahead and post it and how whatever music I put on it, you know, there's a ton yeah. of tricks there because we work so closely so I can move a lot faster. Um, and so it allows more flexibility. If there's a trend, we can jump on it quicker um, and there's just more communication as well. So I think definitely there's more flexibility in posting. Um, some a, little, a bit more freedom in some areas, and then it's just fun. You can get really creative. Yeah, I love that. I love that. I I think too, what what I have experienced on Angie. I'm curious if you're seeing the same thing, but is that people connect to people that are more naturally than they connect to organizations, and so you're going to have just natural, uh, you know, virality more significantly in a personal account uh, than than a corporate account. Uh, and so I think there's there's even just a uniqueness to that personal connection. That said, I think it's more challenging as a uh, as a as a you know an individual to manage a personal account. Hey guys, it's Nils, and I'm interrupting this podcast episode to highlight one of our sponsors. This sponsor is actually one of my companies, Amplify Social Media, uh, where I'm the founder and CEO. And for years, we've been helping ministries and churches grow uh, their message and amplify their message through social media done for them. And so as a consultant, one of the things that I found is that a lot of times ministries that have a hard time with capacity to fully do everything that they want to do on social media. So we built a team to help. We can help uh, put your sermons on YouTube and podcasts and 
create social media clips and graphics and videos and all the things uh, that you need to do with ads and uh, even responding, helping you manage your inbox and your comments and messages. Our team is here to help. So if you want help uh, amplifying your social media presence, uh, reach out to our team, go to amplifysocial.media and we would love to help. We will hopefully talk to you soon. Let's get back to the episode. Uh, to be thinking like that individual and not, you know, I think sometimes the corporate voice is actually a little easier to manage. Uh, and so there's complexities, I think, on all sides. But I do think that pastors often are, are like, I don't I don't want to be on social media. I don't want to have a personal brand. I don't want to uh, do that. I don't have time for this. Well, one, you can create time by hiring somebody like you uh, that can manage it for you because that investment is has significant return. I know uh, I was just talking to the team at Transformation Church recently, and Mike Todd, I think there's five or six people on uh, Pastor Mike's accounts. And there's, you know, I think some of you are like, that's excessive. That's all about building the Britain. It's growing the church. And it's an investment in the church, understanding that Pastor Mike's accounts are, uh, you know, growing those and investing in those as a church uh, is seeing significant fruits uh, from a ministry impact standpoint. And so, it, it is it is different. It is unique. And I think it is complexity. And there's a tension to manage with egos and, you know, uh, and why are you building this? Are you building your kingdom or God's kingdom? But but I do think by not leaning into that personal brand, I think you're missing out on the opportunity to connect with people uh, because people want to connect to their pastor. Um, and so often that connection to a pastor becomes the front door into the community uh, with the congregation. So I love hearing that Rock Church and that Pastor Miles is investing in it and by essentially investing and empowering you uh, to manage uh, those accounts. Angie, I'm curious, where are you seeing the the best in, in this season? And as you're focusing uh, on Pastor Miles' uh, social media uh, ministry, where are you seeing the best ROI, maybe even platform-wise, or just t- your time being invested into content creation or comment management? What where, Where's the ROI right now for you? Yeah, that's a great question. First of all, what you said about um, Mike Todd's team, it's really comforting to hear they have that, that many people. Yeah. I look, I look at like Craig Rochelle, you know, at those accounts, I'm like, man, I wonder like how this is set up because I'm just, it's just me behind his. And, um, so, and it's true. Like the more you invest into something, the more you're going to see fruit from it. Absolutely. So I'm currently in the process of bringing on volunteers to help with Pastor Miles's social and just building the team. So I love that you mentioned that, but, um, yeah, so for, for where we're seeing the biggest ROI, I think it's really reflective of who Pastor Miles is by nature. Yeah. He's an evangelist. He loves talking to strangers. He you can't bring him anywhere without him making multiple friends. It's who he is. Yeah. Um, and God wired him that way. And so for his content, we'll post something like, I don't I don't do this as much now, but I used to post like scriptures or some really um, deep teach clip videos, you know, that's really diving into really specific spiritual practices. And people appreciate those. But what we saw the the biggest so far is when he's covering topical topics. So things that um, can be understood by a non-believer. And uh, he uses language that isn't intimidating by someone who's never been to church. And so that's where I'm seeing tons of engagement are those types, specifically video clips, um, of him talking about marriage or forgiveness, um, success in life. And people are coming across those and they don't, it doesn't sound Christian-y. So I think they're hanging out and watching. Um, and then they're, they're following him and then finding out that he's an actor, you know? So that's the content that I'm really pushing, trying to push more out on his platforms right now. Um, and that's something where I'm like, for him, I'm like, you don't have to worry about that. I'll cover that. 
you post the personal photos the with your family and friends so people can get to know you on a personal level. So we kind of have our bases covered right now, but that's where I'm seeing the most. We recently had a clip that went, you know, pretty crazy in engagement, has 2 million views, um, brought in about 10,000 followers like within a month. And he's talking about marriage. And obviously there's people in the comments like, I I disagree, I don't know about this. There's other people in the comments like, well, I never thought about this perspective before. Um, nonetheless, it's reaching people yeah. and it's giving them an opportunity to learn. And then the hope is that they'll follow him and then we'll be sharing more and more content. And they're like, oh, this is this is all centered around the Bible and Jesus. Like, let me give this a try. So that is the heart of our strategy. And that's where we're seeing the most as far as engagement comes in. That's awesome. And is there a plot? Like, I'm curious what platform is that Instagram or is that TikTok? Where, where, do, oh, where yeah. are you seeing the growth? Yeah, that's Instagram. And that's okay. that's his main focus he naturally um, opens instagram up when he goes on social media so that's our really big focus Um, we're still maintaining facebook and twitter but instagram for sure is going to be our widest reach yeah i love that and i want to point out that and and this is what you know uh with pastor mike's team too transformation they're telling me instagram that tiktok is where they're seeing the biggest growth right now uh but instagram continues to be where they're seeing the the most consistent growth and i think the perspective is yeah, often that meta platforms of Facebook and Instagram, it's pay to play, but that's not the case. You know, you you can still go viral on Instagram uh, with good, creative, intentional content, especially with reels uh, today uh, from from what I'm experiencing and seeing. Uh, Angie, I, you mentioned that you got some some negative uh, comments in that post. And that's going to come with going viral. And so many pastors that I talk to, they're like, I want to go viral. How do I reach? I want to reach 2 million people. Uh, but then they get upset when they get the haters. Uh, and I'm sure it's out of act too. You got the, the trolls, uh, entered the comments. How do you, how do you handle that as you're expanding the reach? Because this isn't going to diminish. This is only going to increase, uh, as, as God continues to expand uh, your platform with, within these platforms. Yeah. So that was, that was probably the most, I learned not the most outside back, I would say. Yeah. Um, because it's it's hard. This is a church that you love, a pastor that you love, and to read these comments, especially during COVID, everyone had in the election season, everyone had yeah. different opinions. It was taking a toll on people differently, um, and people were on social media. That's where they were vocalizing and really processing. So you yeah. saw a lot of negative comments. For for a while, I would respond to a couple of them and just say thank you for sharing. We appreciate that you feel comfortable sharing here, and that's it. You know, we don't need to jump into a conversation. We want people to feel like it's safe for them to vocalize how they're feeling. Yeah. But it's when the comment becomes hateful and they're saying yeah. something hateful towards the church and towards the pastor. Um, that's where I have the three strike rule. Like if yeah. they comment three times, they're they're not here to engage. They're not here yeah. to learn and grow. They're really here to just tear other people down. Yeah. So I don't I don't believe in blocking yeah. um, the church. I just believe in blocking them to be able to comment on yeah. something. Um, and then just hiding their comments as well. Um, and then if if I feel sometimes I'd even feel led to send them a message and just let them know, like, hey, we see your because sometimes people just want to be seen. Yes. So I'd reach out. Hey, we see you. We are we hear that you're frustrated. We have a pastor on call that would love to chat with you mm-hmm. if you need to just air some things out, get encouragement, talk to people. Um, and I think a couple people took those. Um, Jay was Jay Cranda and his team. I actually would be like, "Hey, can you guys yeah. take this?" Uh, so being able to have a pastor on call who is able to emotionally manage those situations, I, I would yeah. say, it's a huge win 
to be able to pass some of those people and you'll find that a majority of them never respond and they don't want help. They're just here to tear people down. So when you realize that that's their intention and it's not specifically about your church or specifically about your pastor, um, it's easier to kind of like put a bolt, you know, not allow it to affect you personally um, and deeper than it needs to be. Um, So that was huge. And then especially if it becomes divisive in the comments, that's when I'll delete those because it becomes distracting. People aren't looking at the content anymore. They're looking at the comments. Um, So that that's a big thing. But I think it's really helpful in knowing that there's a person behind these words. There's a person behind this comment, even if they're attacking you, they're attacking you for a reason. Something happened in their life where this is how they want to spend their time. And that's that's heartbreaking to know that. So I think when we can see it through that perspective, it's less about like I'm getting hate and more like there's someone hurting on the other side of that and then pray through. Do I reach out to them and start a conversation? Do we hide their comments for now? You know, um, I think it should vary church to church, but I definitely don't believe in just blocking someone. And, you know, um, but when they become excessive, that's hard. (laughs) Like last night, commenting Pastor Miles on his his last post, I was like, oh, there's 70 negative comments on this yeah. post yeah. and so you want to you want to pay attention if there's multiple comments saying the same thing you also want to be like oh is there something here i need to be aware of yes. or is this just like really differing opinions right now but i think it's good to be aware of that um and then also that person's on to the next post yeah. being a negative comment on while you're still thinking about them yeah well so that's kind of what i've learned during my yeah. time and it's helped me that's so good. It's it's it is it's a hard uh, to manage. It could take all of your time uh, to to navigate that that. Uh, and and honestly, like I think about you know all, even if you engage a volunteer to help manage that, that's that's really deflating on the volunteer because they're I mean you get beat up by some of these trolls and they always talk about social media. Don't feed the trolls. Uh, but at the end of the day, these these are also people hurt people hurt people. And, and I think these people. I don't think you say it so well. It's from such a pastoral heart. Of uh, we we want to care for these people, and I love that you you move that conversation to the DMs, uh, and and try to like can I can we help you? Uh, yeah, can we 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 hear you? Um, and I think sometimes that people just want to be heard too, um, and, and so I think to give them uh, that that ability to be heard. But then I think to to I, I think the the biggest mistake that I see churches making and ministries making is engaging the trolls, uh, and that that has never led to anything productive. Uh, that I've experienced publicly engaging a troll uh, because that really empowers uh, that behavior uh, in a pretty negative way. Now, the other side, practically, that that is part of the virality you know, cycle is comments drive impressions. And so when you get a bunch of haters commenting, they're actually helping you reach more people uh, with your post. Uh, and so while it does get distracting in the in the in the you know comment section, uh, it is actually helping uh, your content to, to reach more people. And so uh, yeah, it's a it's a tough one uh, to manage. I think there's no perfect solution, but uh, Angie, your advice is so good um, for churches that are navigating that because this is part of the growth cycle of sometimes when you get what you're praying for, it's not exactly everything that you expected it to be. Uh, it comes with some new and unique challenges uh, that that you you know um, have to process through. I'm curious, Angie. Let's get into your toolkit a little bit, and so I'm curious what you know are you using a an just your smartphone? Are you using a camera? Are you using certain help like Sprout Social? Uh, what kind of software, hardware are you using to manage uh, the social media accounts? Yeah. So I I personally love exploring new platforms, yeah. new apps. 
Um, I always like trying new things that are coming out and just learning from other people and what they're trying, giving it a go. Um, And also, I feel like so it changes season to season, but I've actually pretty much stayed on the same apps for the past year, I would say. Um, So at Saddleback, we use a specific social media management platform. At The Rock, there's a different. So um, it's also that as well. But um, so currently I'm using Sprout Social and that I'm huge in analytics. I love digging in being like, why was there a peak? Why was there a drop off? Where was this coming from? What was about this post? You know, like um, so Sprout Social, I think, is great for analytics. I personally can manage it pretty quickly and like navigate it pretty quickly through Sprout. Um, Another one of our social media managers at our church uses Later. Um, So I also have access to Later on desktop, which I also love. I think it's really nice to look at. Sprout is very... I feel like Sprouts like looks like Spotify and then later looks like Apple Music. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Um, so it's I think it's really about preference, but I go kind of back and forth because some of the sometimes they show you different things that are different perspectives of your analytics. So that's what we're currently using. Um, and then I love working on my phone. So mm-hmm. the social media manager I just mentioned, she edits everything on her laptop. Yeah. Uh, and I love editing on my phone, especially okay on the go i'm chasing pastor miles at an event yeah. so i have to be on my phone um so currently i'm using a video app i don't know if you pronounce it Villo, but it's b-l-l-o okay i've never heard of it it's a video editing app um i love it there's just tons of options and ways you can edit things um i also have CapCut, which yeah. i know is pretty popular for tiktok yeah. so sometimes i use it randomly i don't really have a reason i just i don't know sometimes i use it and sometimes i don't yeah. but mostly Villo is the biggest thing okay uh, and then the other one that I use, I would want, I would say on a daily basis is Studio, which is like a graphic design app. It used to be called Over, okay. and, and I think GoDaddy bought it, and it was called GoDaddy Studio. Now it's just called Studio. <laughs> so that's what I use for creating graphics on the go, or like real cover photos, um, or if I need to edit a photo or something like that, I can you know cut up a photo in there, which is really helpful. Um, so yeah. And then for editing photos, I just, I don't use filters anymore. I just kind of use the brightness levels on, on iPhone. And then, yeah, I shoot everything on my, on my iPhone. Okay. Uh, And that's strategic as well. Like we want Oscar's videos. He's like you said, it's a personal account. We want it to feel personal. We don't want it to feel overproduced at Saddleback. I had, um, a video team that used really nice cameras to shoot a lot of our content. And that was so intentional. Um, so yeah, iPhone, it's quick, it's easy, and it works for what we're trying to do in our strategy. Yeah. And are you, are you going to upgrade to the iPhone 15? Is I tech a little bit? want to. I want to. I actually have, okay. the, I think I have the 13. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I would, I would like to, but I'm like, either I get a Disneyland magic key pass or <laughs> a new iPhone. It's <laughs> a tough debate right there. <laughs> yeah. We'll see what I do. Yeah. That's funny. That's funny. Um, that's awesome. As as you look as you look to the future, Angie, you look at some of the trends that are happening uh, in the world of social media. Is there anything that you see in the future that you you get excited about, or you're starting to experiment with um, that that you think is going to maybe be the next kind of future of social media and for ministry? From yeah, um, let's see. I you know I feel like trends. It's like it, it kind of goes back and forth, right? Like we're all yeah. futuristic and then we like the nostalgic. And so yeah. right now I'm seeing a lot of the more like nostalgic types of things like um, just 
posting raw photos on social or on TikTok, I feel like you can get really vulnerable with your audience. You don't have to be, you know, wearing makeup or all dressed up and you can just get really real. And I think that's resonating, especially with our Gen Z um, community as well. Like they just want raw and realness. And so as ministry, sometimes we don't have to overcomplicate it. We don't have to have a huge production or a nice background set up. Um, sometimes they just want to hear from us directly and hear from our people and our pastors on staff. And I think it's a great opportunity um, to just leverage that, that personal connection that they're looking for. And what I'm seeing trending on social media as well um, is just being real raw, not overproduced. Don't overthink it. Yeah. And that's something that I'm currently seeing right now that I really like that I would like to see more ministries and churches tapping into. Yeah. Um, as far as like future goes, I'm not quite sure. I think that's what I love about social media. Yeah. I know some people hate it, but like you never know what's going to yes. be trending. Like, um, so I was at CES, the Consumer Electronics yeah. Month in Las Vegas earlier this year, and they were talking about AI. And this was new on the scene for a majority of the population. Yeah. And um, they were making predictions about how much AI would be used at the end of the year. And people are like, that's crazy. Like, yeah. we don't think so. Yeah. And like, now it's everywhere. And so everywhere. And that's yes. what I love is I'm like, you just never know what's what's going to come in the next year. Yeah. But I think for me, I love just being ready and being prepared. Like, whatever it is, like, let's learn it. Let's figure it out. Um, and I've used Chalk GPT to write many captions. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I think there's a lot that, I think as churches and ministries, we we can't be afraid of trends. And mm. I think we have to learn like there's a purpose that God wants to use for this new technology or what's happening. And when we can partner with it, we can expand the gospel in such creative ways. Um, and I think it's really exciting for me to think about. Yeah, there's and, and I think I, I love that perspective because AI in many ways isn't going to disrupt what we do. It's going to enhance, uh, I think, the opportunities that we have on on these platforms and uh there there is so much uh unique opportunity and i think in some ways it's just staying ready uh is is probably the biggest opportunity we have and, and i think we saw even this year of like threads come and kind of threads coming and go uh, to where it's like this is the next big thing and it's like uh never mind uh and so you just you know i remember when community i think it's there whatever the the app that that during the pandemic, you know, that everybody jumped or uh, clubhouse clubhouse. So there it is. Uh, and then it's like, well, they kind of integrated into Twitter or now X and, but it's still not never, you know, fully caught on. Like it seemed to be the path it was heading down. So we just don't know, uh, where, where so many things are going. It's all guesses. Uh, but, but I think it's, um, and I think right now, uh, the, the practical side is it's short form vertical video. You know, it's basically TikTok reels, um, you know, Facebook Reels seems like it's the most significant trend right now and probably going to continue down that trend. But who knows uh, what other opportunities might uh, pop up. And, and I think the key is for us to stay ready uh, and to adapt and adjust. And um, yeah, it's so, so good. Uh, yeah. Angie, as you as you think about other church leaders and as you think about even your early days of getting started uh, any other advice uh, that you would share? You, you've shared so much gold of like the nuggets of, you know, your your mindset, your perspective, uh, your tools. Uh, but any any other just advice that you would have to somebody that's really just getting started and um, wanting wanting to really prioritize social media, but but unsure where to where to even start? Yeah, I think we have such a unique opportunity when we're in church and in ministry because when you have 
people who are trying to start their careers and businesses, they want the relationships and the experience and they want to go on to the next thing. And for church and ministry, a lot of times when people come and they want to serve and volunteer, they're looking for community. They're looking for connection. A lot of time they're looking to be discipled. And so if someone's coming and like, I would love to help with social media. Yes, they are can help with your church's social media, but it's also such a great discipleship opportunity as well. Um, and what I learned the most was from one of my mentors and good friends, Mingo Palacios. Yeah. He really brought me in the scene like early, you know, when I first started ministry, like in 2015 for, for myself. Um, and he, the biggest thing that he did that I feel like I just skyrocketed was he believed in me and he believed in me before I had these numbers and analytics on social media to prove what I can do. He believed in me before I got a job offer from Saddleback Church. He believed in me before I believed in myself. And I think that's the biggest thing is just believing in someone and telling them that they're capable of doing it. Mm -hmm. And that is just the the greatest way that you can water a creative's mind and just their giftings as well. Um, and giving them opportunity to fail. That's another yeah. thing Mingo did. He would bring me and some of my friends on these trips and we would set up um, when he was doing the Purpose Driven podcast. Um, and we didn't know what we were doing. <laughs> and he was like, let's go to this conference and let's yeah. do a podcast. And we're like, what's happening? That's how we met you yes. in New York. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're like what every we woke up that day we met you and um that event that he did we we all woke up we're like so what are we doing today <laughs> um, and he was like I don't know let's figure it out and yeah. really created a confidence in us that we don't know what today holds we don't know this you know all the ins and outs of this event or this project but we have a leader that believes in us and that's going to figure it out with us and yeah. so I would say like you don't have to know all the things if you tell your the person your volunteer or your social media coordinator, like, Hey, I'm not sure about that trend. Let's figure it out together. Yeah. I think that's the greatest thing because it empowers them to want to learn with you. Um, and it's a great discipleship as well. Discipleship principle to just be learning together, doing the thing together. Um, and then definitely, um, just constant feedback as well. Um, this did really great. Hey, I love when you posted that video. I feel like it was a great reflection of our church. There was energy. People were smiling. Um, or, hey, that graphic, it was it was great. I don't know that it was the best use of our church's voice. Here's what I would do differently. Um, so I think having that constant feedback is really, really helpful because that's what helps someone continue to learn and also know what your expectations are and learn more about the church as well. Um, and then the biggest one is what I learned at Saddleback is when when God calls that person on to the next thing, being able to celebrate where they're going next yeah. and preparing them for that transition, um, celebrating them on the way out is the biggest thing. Because in social media, I feel like people move through roles so quickly yeah. um, and things move really quickly that they may not be at your church or ministry doing social for very long. And so when they're there, investing in them, encouraging them, believing in them, and then when God calls them next thing, just really celebrating them on the way out. Because you never know, you might come back and they might come back and work for you again. <laughs> like, yeah. that's been my, that's my current story. Yes. Um, and whatever their fruit goes on to the next season, that's your fruit as well. And what a huge yeah. win in celebration that they get to carry that on. Um, so those are the top things that come, come to mind. And those things, even though, you know, I'm not working with Mingo directly anymore, a lot of the stuff I learned from him yeah. is still in my mind today. 
And so also knowing how you encourage your people, they will carry that on for the rest of their life. And that's such a gift and a great opportunity to invest in, in a creative. Yeah, that's so good. I, I'm And I'm reminded of there, there's a, a social media influencer, uh, Sean Cannell, who, who's been here on the podcast, podcast he leads um, a YouTube channel, or, you know, it's called content company called Think Media. Uh, but he started his story is that his youth pastor empowered him to do the youth video news, you know, 16, 17 years ago. And then that led to him basically being the video guy at the church, which led to him, you know, doing different things and starting a YouTube channel and uh, do it. Now he's got too many people on his YouTube channel and he helps, you know, thousands of creators build their uh, YouTube influence. And, uh, and it was because a youth power, a youth pastor empowered him. Uh, and I think there's so many people that we can raise up to have a unique ministry and platform through our churches. I mean, I, I would love to see churches basically become content hubs where we have studios in our churches and places for people to record podcasts and, you know, film videos, even for their personal, you know, social media accounts that basically become ministry platforms for them on their personal brands. And uh, I, I love how you were empowered uh, and now how you're even uh, taking the, the, you know, empowerment that you have and empowering others uh, in the learnings uh, that you have. Uh, you know, and, and I, I was going to wrap up with that, but I've got another question uh, that I, I want to uh, ask you about uh, in relation to that is where, where are you learning? Uh, who are you paying attention to? What resources do you lean into? Where, where do you learn uh, to, to find the, the trends that you're going to follow or to, or to find uh, new opportunities to do? Because you're in many ways in this space, you're leading the way. You know, there's not a whole lot of models of personal ministry, pastor brands uh, and ministries to follow. So wh where are you learning? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, I love learning about social media. So I have two different answers. One of them okay. is learning for um, myself and my own inspiration. I yeah. love looking at other brands okay. um, do it well, like Nike and Nike yes. itself has tons of different brands underneath them as well. Like Nike run Nike women. So yeah. love looking at what they're doing um, and how are they telling stories um, and then thinking through other brands that the demographic we're trying to reach, what brands are they looking at? Yeah. What brands are they following on social media and connecting with um, and looking at them as well? Um, another one is impact as well. Impact on social media. I think they do a great job with their mm -hmm. graphics and communicating information, whether you believe the, their messaging or not. They do a really good job as far as design goes and sharing tons of information that doesn't feel text heavy. So I try to look at accounts that aren't a church connected to a church, aren't a ministry, aren't necessarily Christian. Because um, yes. there, there are some great creatives in the secular world that we can learn from um, and that are most of the time setting the trends. And so I like looking at Instagram and just finding different brands that have a million followers, tons of engagement. Um, because it's for a reason people like their content and what can we learn from them so that's for myself I also love Pinterest um, and getting just inspiration from what I'm seeing on Pinterest as well and then I for social media management platforms like Later, Sprout, Hootsuite, all the above um, they all have newsletters that so I go and just put my email in and their newsletter drops in my email every week so I'm always reading those and checking those um, when I start my work day and, you know, they do the work for you. They go find the trends. Um, and then podcasts is, I love podcasts. You can listen yeah. to far. So your podcast, I also listen to secular social media podcasts. 
Um, and then just like lifestyle podcasts as well, because yeah. they're also engaging people in a way that I think as churches, we can learn from that lifestyle type of content. For sure. um, and then so the other the other answer is um, I have to learn and stay on top of church trends and what other pastors like um, and big church accounts are posting because I have, you know, Pastor Miles and leadership or at yep. the time, Calabac, that's who they're looking at. Yep. And so most of the time, that's who they're getting inspiration from. Like, oh, I saw Mike Todd post of the thing. Can we do something like that? Yep. So I want to make sure I'm staying on top of what are these pastors and churches. Um, Rich Wilkerson Jr. is another one. Like yep. what are he's been inspiring me a lot with his content recently. Yeah. Um, so I'm looking at their accounts, seeing what are they doing that and how can it translate into our content? I, I don't like to copy. I like to get yeah. inspiration. Um, but I want to make sure because when I hear from leadership or they send me a reel or church leadership and they're like, Hey, we like this. Can we do it? I want to know what it is, you know? So I think we need to be able to learn from, you know, what our leadership's looking at and wanting, because a lot of time they're great ideas. What are other churches doing? But also, what are some secular brands doing? Yeah. Um, some non-churched accounts. What are they doing? Because they have millions of followers for a reason, and they're reaching a demographic that we also want to reach, but for a different, you know, for a different purpose. Yeah. So, yeah, I just I love for me personally. I also love Instagram and just searching yes. and finding new accounts. I love it. I love it. I think just being hungry uh, to to learn and, and paying attention. Uh, and not being exclusive to one lane of, of learning and, and look at what can we pull from this and not copy from this, but learn from uh, with with this strategy. And uh, and, and so it really is uh, a unique moment of education opportunities are en endless. Uh, and we couldn't listen to every podcast we'd ever want to or listen to every audio book or watch every YouTube video that we wanted to. But I think being, you know, finding some of those key places to learn, but also not being too, you know, I find myself I'm a big Gary Vaynerchuk. Uh, fan, uh, but but I'll find myself where I'm just like consuming just one person, and I'm like, no, I need to diversify where I'm learning um, and and getting insights from. Uh, and so I think I think it's a really valuable insight as to where you're looking. Uh, and I do think there there's so much value to look at secular brands and uh, and some of the things that they're doing uh, that we can adapt uh, and learn from a ministry uh, and apply to ministry context. Uh, Angie. This has been so uh, helpful. Uh, so, so many great nuggets. I appreciate so much of what you do. And I hope you'll tell uh, Pastor Miles hi for me. I'm going to, I was just thinking I got to text him after this and just tell him he did such a great job rehiring you. Uh, and that was such a great move. Uh, I can't wait to see what you do uh, with with the ministry that you're being empowered with today. And, and side note, I'm eager uh, to see when Pastor Miles launches his podcast because uh, I got to envision there's got to be a podcast coming. Because uh, the Pastor Miles podcast is going to be uh, exceptional with uh, the network and the conversations that he is already having, making those more public. And he's a great interviewer, as I've seen him do through the years. Uh, but what for those that want to connect with you uh, and follow you online or what, where can people connect with you online? Yeah, so I am on Instagram and I'm trying to currently figure out this is another conversation we probably have is yeah. like personal account and then like creative business account yeah. and. Um, I think there's purpose for having both as yes. one and sometimes separating. I'm trying to figure yeah. it out right now. Okay. But anyway, my personal Instagram is Angie Suko, A-N-G-I-E-S-U-C-O. That's my middle name. Um, love to connect. I love connecting with other churches, especially small churches yeah. as well. 
that are like, we can't hire a social media person, yeah. please. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Instagram DMs, I'm honestly quicker on my DMs than I am text or email. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, my email is Angie White Creative at Gmail. That's my personal. Um, and I just want to thank you so much for having me. I was just thinking about whenever I go someplace or meet new creatives and your name gets brought up and I'm like, everybody knows Nils. And I think it's just a reflection of your connectiveness. It shows how trustworthy you are and how much people love you and respect you. And I think it's just so cool how you're, you're, you really connect all of us, um, you know, in this space. And I just love what you do. Thank you for being diligent and committed to this podcast and for bringing people on like me. It's just, I'm, I'm learning too, as I'm just talking to and hearing your feedback. So Thank you for, every, I love your ministry. Thank you for everything you do. Uh, thank you so much. That means, that means a ton uh, to me. And I'm, we're about 10 years in uh, to, to this podcast. And one of the the things that I always say that, that I, uh, you know, honestly, the, the biggest reason I do this podcast is an excuse uh, to, to talk to people like you uh, and, and to reach out, you know, as I reach out, I was like, I want to catch up, but let's just record it. So other people uh, can listen. Uh, and so the, the benefit this selfishly brought me uh is you know uh who I don't, you know in some ways I, I look forward to hearing the feedback uh from this episode but but this was so encouraging and refreshing to me and i appreciate uh those words but i but i say that you know so much of what i have been privileged to do and i and in your doing uh right now is we learn out loud and so sometimes when we process what we're learning it kind of reminds us like oh yeah i am learning that or i didn't even realize it or it's giving a framework to what i'm doing and i need to repeat or I forgot that I used to do that. And why did I stop doing that again? Uh, and so it, it's a good exercise for us to learn out loud and teach others uh, because it actually helps us refine what we're doing. Um, and so it's an exercise that I would encourage all leaders to do is find even a way to teach, even if it's just one other person, what it is you're learning, what it is you're doing, uh, because that's going to not just add value to them, that actually adds uh, value to yourself as a leader. Uh, but Angie, thank you uh, for, for leading the way. Thank you for pioneering. Uh, the the ministries that you have uh, to to this point, and I can't wait to see uh, what's ahead for you. And so I hope everyone that's listening to this will go uh, give you a follow on Instagram. I connect with you and take you up on that offer to DM you uh, any questions uh, that that you have. Um, and and I and I think uh, you'll find Angie to be so responsive uh, and available. And and what a gift that is to the Big C Church to have leaders in your position that are busy uh, but available uh, to to be able to help along the way. Um, and I want to encourage everyone, if you haven't already, uh, go to socialmedia.church. Uh, make sure you subscribe to our email uh, newsletter and you get updates on all of our new podcasts. But in, on the website, we'll have a link uh, to Angie's uh, you know, social media and her email uh, that she shared here as for easy access, access uh, if you missed that. And so everything will be there at socialmedia.church. Uh, so go check that out. And yeah, we appreciate you listening and we will talk to you again on the next episode. Thanks everyone.